back to another episode of Vaguely Cultured. As always, I'm Emily. And I'm Jacqueline. And this week we did 76 days. (sighs) (laughs) This was a hard watch. It just... Listen, when I first initially heard 76 days, I immediately thought of like the the horror movie 28 days later or 28 weeks later. I, I really thought it was going to be sense. like that's my first you know thing. But when I read the the topic about it, it, it was it's it, it, it hits home. I feel like when in it comes way, to it's in similar <laughs> in a way, even though this is based in Wuhan, China, which if you are familiar with Wuhan, China, that's where the whole COVID-19 shit happened. Um, well, it happened everywhere. I that's pre- where it started. Allegedly. Allegedly. But we all we all know it was biochemically made and sent out By to our government ever. created to help with population control. Let, let me tell you, I, I know I, I already know no one's out back eating a fucking bat because apparently that's where it was originally from or I something. I did see an article where this influencer recently got arrested for eating bat soup. What the fuck? So, I mean, there is that, but I don't believe that rumor at all. If anything, no. I, if anyone's to blame, I, I think it's Bill Gates. Per- Yo, yeah. personally, <laughs> Bill Gates. Yeah, Bill Gates has been going through to all those third world countries and trying to give out vaccines well, to been, different he's things. He's been doing talks on population control and how to do that, you know, successfully for years. <laughs> for and years, this is, this is the best way to do that. So, I all right. If you can't tell, I'm a conspiracy theorist for sure. I don't think the vaccines like I don't think the vaccines have like a microchip or anything in it. I'm not I'm not that stupid, you know, (laughs) but I do think that this was man made and I do think that this was man made and released on purpose, almost like a social experiment to see what would happen hey, we're going to kill off a few thousand million people, whatever. We're going to see how uh, people respond to it. We're going to see how much control we can inflict on top of people. We're Mm -hmm. going to see how they react to all this. And at the root of that, the people who really get the shit end of the stick, healthcare workers. Me, for example, me. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's uh, when I first got the shot initially, I, I got it just because of the fact that I just got over being super sick and so with my son. So at Weren't the you time, required to? Not, not the first one, no. I just got it because of the fact that I just, I was going to school to be a respiratory therapist. Is we are the people that go in and we take care of anybody who has any respiratory illnesses, and we also are the ones that intubate, extubate. Uh, we we do uh, arterial blood gases where we get blood from your arterial vein. Like we are, we are those people. Um, and so at the time, I just thought it was just the right thing to do. Now, speed forward a couple of months, um, it started becoming mandated. So I already got mine, but you also had to get the booster shot. And if you didn't get the booster shot within, I believe for me, it was September 15th, then you would have been uh, let go. 
Uh, just so, bullshit. I yeah. think that's a complete infringement on human rights. Right. Well, I think it's right. so stupid. And of course, Pfizer is under fire right now because they didn't actually test their shit. I'm yeah, like, and that's the oh, one I got. Of course they didn't. <laughs> yes, let's trust this company that has the biggest <laughs> lawsuit in big pharma history to take care of the masses. Sounds like a great idea. Yeah, so it's... It, it, it's, it is what it is. I mean, thankfully, I didn't grow three arms and I didn't die or anything like that. And I'm four shots in. <laughs> I'm four shots in. And I, I just know that I'm sure I'm, I'm going to have to get another one. shots in. <laughs> but see, but you know, but the thing is, though, it should be everyone's decision exactly. if you want to get the shot or not. Like, I'm not going to judge at all. Yeah, I have no qualms to people who did it. I just hope it was their decision to do it. I think it's completely yeah. messed up that they fired people especially when they needed people the most oh yeah and it's so crazy too like we became so short staff and it, it was to the point where you know we didn't have any beds either so get this being short staff mm -hmm. having no beds and then our eds being very overcrowded and then we practically like we can't turn away everybody but they will sit there for hours waiting to just get seen imagine. Yeah, so that that was my life for a little bit, but yeah, just just watching this documentary, like it it definitely hit home with certain things. But mm -hmm. you know, this this documentary was based uh, right when Wuhan, China, they went into lockdown before we did, and in I think was it January, January twenty twenty. There's yeah. eleven million people in Wuhan, China. Wow. And they went on lock, complete lockdown for 76 days. Wow. Now, if I'm not mistaken, based off of something that we heard earlier, mm -hmm. um, I believe China is a communist uh, yeah. country. Or... Yeah, China. So China is. China has always been a communist country. So you, you hear people in the episode talking about that. Are you still part of the Communist Party and whatnot? And yeah, um, we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah. my, my main point was that. So as you can imagine, they're very strict. It was I mean, they they had their shit. I don't want to say under control, but under control. And at parts, it was scary in that aspect. But, um, you know, they got their shit together. And there seemed to be a pretty good, I don't know, method to the madness. Uh, I mean, it was very uh, kind of scary and they were kind of mean <laughs> on how they like it, but I totally understand why. Like, if we had any a sliver of that structure, I'm sure we would have had lower numbers sooner. Um, now, I'm not one of those people who doesn't believe that COVID wasn't a thing. I do think at one point the tests were rigged or something and common colds. And at one point, it seemed like everything was being diagnosed as COVID. And they were like come on like it, it it just got so crazy at a certain mm -hmm. point and it's just ridiculous so just a little disclaimer i'm weary okay y'all so i'm not like a, the holocaust didn't happen because it did covid did happen i just don't trust our government i don't trust yeah. i don't trust the media I, and I have fair reason. I'm a millennial. If you look at all the events <laughs> that 
went on in from childhood to now, I don't have much of a reason to A, trust my government, B, trust the media, and C, trust Big Pharma. Yeah, yeah. So, and then this happens and you expect me to just trust everybody. So this was cool because we got a completely different aspect or yeah. perspective of it, of a different country. And I absolutely hate and despise the asian bashing that occurred because of this i think that's despicable and i think you're such a shit human being if you really have nothing better to do than to blame an entire human race for this happening oh yeah the the china virus you remember trump the china virus oh my god (laughs) yeah Oh, don't get me started with that one. But I can't. I cannot even. <laughs> so I do want to say, before we really get into this, that for me personally, I handle sadness and like deep emotions with humor. So Same. I don't want. I don't want to like. I don't want you to think I'm like discounting what's happening. But the way I get through it is by (laughs) making light of it so um you know i have the utmost respect for the medical and healthcare workers who went through this shit because god i couldn't do it you're special human beings Mm -hmm. and they really the people who were in this were incredible humans like you could really tell that they had a passion for what they do oh yeah for sure so to rewind a little bit um so 76 days, our directors are Hao Wu and Wexi Chen, and there's Anonymous. I, I'm so sorry if I mispronounced those. I'm sure I did. Um, Hao Wu was known for this, uh, The People's Republic of Desire, The Road to Fame, hmm. uh, and a couple of other things. And Wexi Chen uh, also directed Happiness is... Four million euros. I think that's euros. Huh. I don't know. I'm ignorant to other countries' money. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we start out and instantly someone's dying. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And all right. So first off, everybody is dressed like Tic Tacs or Minions. Like that's how I differentiated them it was you're either a tic-tac or a minion that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> and so everyone is a tic-tac right now and their papa which to me papa's grandpa but i think in their country papa is father yeah because my daughter calls my dad papa so i'm like okay papa uh and sh- ugh, this person because you don't know gender so i'm gonna use gender neutral terms they them for most of them because i don't know uh so this person is like distraught like papa let me see them one last time and i totally feel for them because you know that's their person and they're having to die alone and you can't be there and you're at like so close yet so far away i bet that's torturous but at the same time i'm like pull your shit together let these people do their job 
you're getting in the way. So I, th I think that if I'm not mistaken from reading the subtitles, because mind you, this whole documentary is in Mandarin in Chinese. So, oh, um, so yes. if, you, if you don't like reading subtitles, this is probably not for you. That's what but, made it hard to get through, honestly. Yeah. yeah so um, I think that, that they were an employee at that hospital because they kept like saying that we need you to keep it together you know you're something about like like you have to, something about working and whatever mm -hmm. but i think she he or she was a nurse there that makes uh, sense i was wondering why there was a person in the hospital like i just assumed that it was so early on that they were still letting one visitor yeah no but that makes more sense that they were a worker and because she was and they were just like you know i just want to see him one last time can i see him one last? and they kept saying no no you can't see them and mind you from from my my personal experience i i've seen firsthand uh being in in that situation where and this is actually ultimately why i left doing respiratory therapy is because we toured the icu and anybody there with covid you were behind this glass wall and all their machines were outside of the door um to where like their iv machines could not be in the room because you have to honestly disinfect it at all times and then of course um you know they're in there by themselves and my preceptor at the time was pretty much hinting that you know this person's gonna die this person's gonna die this person's gonna die because the ventilator was keeping them alive and once you take the ventilator out they will stat at like 62 with their oxygen or even lower and so that right there will indicate like they can't survive on their own so it was just just seeing that scene you know, it, it just, it, it really sucked. Like, I, it reminded sure me of it that. Sucked, but it reminded me of that. I mean, I'm sure it's an American thing, but I'm like desensitized a bit to death and stuff. And yeah. so I was just like, I don't understand why they were so hysterical. I can see being that hysterical for your children. I personally, I just don't understand being that hysterical for your parent, but that's just me. I'm like, there's a time and a place, and that's not the time and the place. Wait till you get outside. Not only that, I don't want to be that exposed with my emotions in front of all these people. And they're like trying so hard to be like, calm down, calm down, but also get your shit together and we got to clear you out because we have things to do. And then you're causing a disturbance by them having to hold you back and all these employees having to come to restrain you when they have people to take care of because you're trying to touch a body that needs to be disinfected. And yeah. to an extent, I get it, but I also see it like, especially if you work there, you know better. Yeah, you know better. no, I, I understand completely. And, you know, and the thing is, though, we we don't know the situation of her family life. I mean, they could have been completely fine yesterday and then they died instantly type of thing. We don't know. My I mean, understanding of their culture is they're very close with their parents. They're very family oriented, like very, yes. like more than us Americans. Here, I and like. I mean, I'm family oriented, but I'm not going to like lose my shit and fall to the ground and be like papa <laughs> i'm sorry papa can you hear me <laughs> you know i, I yeah, will no, wait I until i'm like in a bathroom by myself and then fall to the floor you know i'm not i understand that there's like there's a time and a place and that's that's not it yeah can i can i mention though you know we, we meet a couple of people but the one person that i really am highly in favor of is the nurse the the head nurse i forget her name she Lang had that shit 
running. That place would fall apart without her. She's like, you go here, you go here. You stop pulling the door. Yeah, stop pulling the door. Like, we're going to get to everybody, but you're going to cooperate. Oh, <laughs> she was that I bitch. I loved her. I was like, <laughs> good for you. Because these people were being ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous. And mm-hmm. I know it would be even worse here in America. Oh, God, yeah. But they were like, so the doors are locked, obviously, or else it'd be mayhem. And people are like, you know, when you're in the bathroom at a public place and it's locked and someone jiggles the door, they're like doing that. And they're like constantly jiggling the doorknob. And it's like, obviously, you need to wait your turn. We will open this door when we are ready. Stop pulling at it. They're like, if they could have, they would have tore that door down. Oh, for sure. And there seemed like there was different sections that they were letting in. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they only had, it seemed like they probably only had like 50 bedrooms available. And they probably were putting like two or three people in them at once to try to get the space there wasn't that much staff there like there was only like a handful obviously short-staffed like any hospital um and they're frantic and so we get to a part where they're like i don't know looking at machines and stuff and it almost seemed like they were all so overwhelmed they weren't processing the information that they were being given which i can only imagine like god knows how long they've been up how long their shift has been how many things and people and tests and numbers they've dealt with that day and also and just imagine this is something that i experienced having to wear that ppe which is called personal protective equipment having to wear that ppe having to wear an n95 for 12 hours and wearing those goggles just imagine they were sweating in that and they couldn't get out to even rest like they had designated benches you can rest here like what the f- so to elaborate what they're wearing this is why i said they look like tic tacs and minions they're basically in a full almost hazmat suit not quite a hazmat but like basically the plastic suit and then you have the what do you call the mask the n95 the n95 and then goggles and some of them had face shields on top of that and then they taped and obviously gloves and then they taped pretty much all the little airways covid as a whole reminded me of contagion more than anything you know what zach keeps asking have you seen contagion i'm like no i haven't the one with matt damon if i'm not mistaken no i have not seen it yes apparently it's supposed to be really good it. it is very good but it makes you as paranoid as you are at the end of the pandemic where you want to wash your hands you don't want to touch like anytime someone coughs or sniffles at you you're like ew get away from me it but it also spoiler alert for contagion if you haven't seen it it's been years so boohoo at the end what is so disturbing but wakes kind of opens your eyes so much and i googled it afterwards to see if the shit was true and it was at the end you get like this view of a laboratory in america i think it was in america and you have these containers and each one is labeled ebola corona um and so they have all of these viruses just on ice which okay the the non-skeptical side of me is like okay yes we need those to be able to create um vaccines and to be able to fight things but the other part of me that's like oh shit is what's stopping these people from just releasing it into our water or you know like 
Here, let's kill off a few million. It's a great watch. You got to watch it. What you're saying, though, they have that shit down at the CDC, like different levels. They have every single type of flu, every single type of virus, everything there so they can research it. And that's like that's what's scary to me is that they have all this shit in here what will happen if everything gets breached mm-hmm. what, 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 what if everything's gonna get released because you have to think though like for example ter- tuberculosis that's a that's a air like like an airborne disease and you would need to have like certain p- materials to protect yourself from that fucking thing like oh no all the shit we don't know about that they've been playing with this was man-made. This was man-made based off of, like, RSV and the flu. So oh, yeah. you really think they don't have other shit in there? I do. Well, you have to think, we think the coronavirus, it has been around. It's just the common cold. So something happened where they made the strands intent that they, they did. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They mutated it and made it even more intensive. So, who so the if we disappear... That? It was the government. <laughs> it's the government, guys. We got Scientology after us, and then we're going to yeah, get the did government after us, Did you see we had guys. listeners in Florida and California? I was like, mm, They're listening hey, to us, man. Hey, Seorg. <laughs> anywho, anywho, back to it. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so these people banging on the door, wanting help, and they have limited space, and they're basing them off severity, and she's like, you, you have a limp. You first. <laughs> Oh my but I mean, God. she ran the damn thing. I I don't know. They probably wouldn't have gotten very far without her. And then she's like, "Look, I haven't eaten since eight o'clock this morning. Bear with me and calm the fuck down. Now, what are your <laughs> symptoms? Like, and I totally get that. Like, <laughs> when I don't eat all day, is it's gonna be a long day for all of us." And just imagine having to deal with all of that and be hungry. I, mean, I can imagine. I can I can just imagine your stress level. You would probably be the biggest bitch. Oh, I'd be to such everybody. a bitch. I mean, such I, a bitch. <laughs> so way back when, when I like worked at a movie theater, and I had to organize the back of the house, like the people waiting in lines and stuff. Oh, let me tell you, <laughs> I was like, uh, if you're saving this seat, they have five minutes to get here or I'm giving their seat away. I do not care. You, uh, this is your first warning to get off your phone during this film. If I tell you again, I'm asking you to leave, which I have every right to do, which working at a movie theater, the pride and joy of your job is asking people to leave or actually telling people to leave. You're not asking, I'm telling you to leave. And then they call who I can only assume is like the uh, hotel or the hotel, <laughs> the the hospital owner or whoever. Oh, it's a chief. I think it's the chief of staff, which is mm-hmm. like the person that's in charge of the hospital. Whoever she's on the phone with, she's like, there's X amount of beds, X amount at the side door, X amount of people out front x amount of people here they are what do we do if there's a fight there's already people banging pulling at the door um they're saying that people are dying out here and that's scary so it's like i can only imagine she's like i want to help everybody but i need this to be organized i'm worried about a riot but they're saying people are dying and it's like our sworn oath to help them so who knows what these people are saying and then and then you have these people who are just rude as hell I cannot like stop pulling the door, sir. I will get to you. I understand 
that this is urgent and you are scared, but calm your tits. Legit, legit. But we definitely meet some some characters with the people that actually do get to come in and they're the so they separate from the women's and then mm-hmm. the men's. And they tell them don't spread rumors. Don't, don't spread rumors. Don't rumor. leave your room. Mm-hmm. Don't leave your room. We will bring you out accordingly if they have to do tests Which, or whatever. Speaking of not leaving your room, we meet grandpa who can't do anything but leave his room, apparently. I, they, and they legit call him grandpa. Yes. They didn't call him by his name. He is grandpa. They don't call <laughs> anybody by their name, really. Their uncle, grandma, and grandpa. <laughs> or their number, mm-hmm. too. They're, they assign numbers. But yeah, it's either auntie grandpa grandma and papa i guess is yeah, those are the only people today. i really remember is uncle grandma grandpa and everyone else was a number but grandpa all right so in grandpa's defense we find out later on that he has dementia but we don't find this out early on and he's like i don't need to be here let me go home and die i'm old <laughs> <laughs> he was straight up by that one too <laughs> yeah and then i mean so it cuts around a lot you have um People are dropping like flies. Uh, she's on the phone and she's like, "There, your grandma's dead. We have her stuff. We're going to get it to you as soon as we can. Like without even skipping a beat. There's no. <laughs> and she's just like, and she was very monotone. She's like, you know, my condolences and all that. But, you know, this is probably so much that she's just so like used to saying mm-hmm. everything. What was going That's on? That's what I was saying. I'm like, she's had to make how many of these? But she's like, the hands are swollen, so we can't get the bracelet off right now. I know. Did you see it? That was a very swollen hand, Honestly, though. I don't need to know that. Oh, yeah, they were very, like, I mean, you didn't really see, like, the dead bodies in there, but you saw, like, pieces of them. Yeah, of course they didn't show it, but they did. The one lady said she woke up next to her dead mom. I was like, God. Oh, I my God. And, oh, yeah, because she was like, because I remember she was like, yeah, I called 911. And they're like, sorry, there is nothing we can do to help you because they have to keep all the um, the ambulance crew and all that, too, because I guess they just have limited stuff, you know. So she pretty much has a dead body just chilling in her house. Like That would be traumatizing for sure. Especially if there's kids in there, too. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Um, and they, th- these workers try so hard to keep them connected with their families and let their families know what's going on and what their status is uh, to the best of their ability in between patients. I'm telling you, they did a great job, though. They really kept that shit together. And it, it was all because of that one lady, though. I swear, I think she she was better than the doctors. Mm-hmm. We met, I think, one doctor who, I mean, he was pretty chill, too, but it was that bitch. And Mike's, I've always had better experiences with nurses than doctors. Like when having my kids, I've always trusted the nurses more than the doctor, especially um, because I had a traumatizing birth with Evie, which when we get to, whenever we get to aftershock, I do want to do that one at some point. Um, I'll probably go into that. But for right now, Basically, I've always had better experience with nurses, and I always, I'm like, nurses know more. Like, (laughs) I told my nurses, I said, if I could pick who the insurance money goes to, it would be you. Like, we have to think though the nurses they're with you the whole time you're in labor i mean they're not sitting right next to you labor critical care any department you're in the nurses are the backbone of all of that like god bless them um and one of them says we are your family while you you, you are here oh yeah holding that lady's hand you remember it was, it was so I, oh, sweet 
we are your family now. Just just keep calm and keep strong. And did you notice that they were blowing up like the hand gloves and putting like get well in their language underneath that? I thought that was really cute. You know, trying to perk up morale around the place. Speaking of labor and delivery, after all this, they cut to labor and delivery. And I was like, oh, my God, no. So (laughs) I thought of you the second they they talked about this pregnant lady who was sick. Everyone who needs to know in my life knows I've pretty much kept it off of social media. So if you're listening, kudos, you get a snippet into my life, which is I am currently six months pregnant. So it it, it struck a chord for me. I was like, oh, oh God. But I was so scared they were going to show us like worst case stuff. And I was like, I can't, I cannot. If they do that, I'm turning this off because I cannot put (laughs) that. I can't put that in my mind. So we're in the OBGYN labor and delivery. And this woman comes in, basically she was in labor, but they sent her home because uh, she tested positive for the COVID antibodies, but was basically symptom free was my understanding, but she tested positive. So she had to go to this hospital. Mm-hmm. the covid hospital probably and is what it was i was like oh my heart asking not to be alone they basically tell her that she's gonna have a c-section um and she's like begging them to let her husband come and for her not to be alone and i had a c-section with my son and i know how terrifying that is but to do that even more like the first part of it i was alone for so i couldn't imagine being alone for the entire thing it is so foreign and they cut and they cut to her with a tear coming down her oh, eye and i was like oh I, I mean i had tears like that with my experience but mainly because your adrenaline's going so fast like you shake because your adrenaline is going because well, no one wants to see suction though but no one wants to see suction. <laughs> I, mean, I i yeah. i elected for mine um so it i didn't initially want it but because of my experiences and a series of events i was like let's just go ahead and do this and yeah. be done with More it. But I was not prepared for it at all. Like, cause I had for nine months prepared myself for a vaginal birth. Yes. I didn't want to say a natural delivery cause you know, every delivery counts, but uh, it, so I wasn't prepared. I did no research. So I was going in completely blind. So I understand. And I started shaking uncontrollably. And of course, who was there for me? A wonderful nurse who with their nice, soft, gentle touch to be like, <laughs> it's okay. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Cause I couldn't stop shaking. I was like trying so hard to be like, well, you tough. have to think that you're in the you're in the best hands because you went to a different hospital for your second one mm-hmm. compared to your first one mm-hmm. so you were in great hands and I, I can only imagine you know how I, I I'm scared to get a c-section mind you I I hope to god I never have to experience that because I'm just I just I'm not like what you said I, I'm not prepared at all like I don't know what to expect it went so quick <laughs> And you were so drugged up, though, like shit. shit. That was probably the most miserable part about it was being paralyzed and trying so hard to move your feet. Like, as soon as you're done, well, as soon as they got him out, I was like, are you done yet? Like, can you just set me up? (laughs) Like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go now. (laughs) And then you go to this room and they're like, can you wiggle your toes? And I'm like, I don't know. Am I? <laughs> and so, like, for the next 30, 45 minutes, you just spend trying to wiggle, get mobility back in your legs and stuff. And it was so 
frustrating. Mm-hmm. That's so but Yeah, funny. so I, I feel for her and any mom that had to deliver during COVID because you had to be alone, most of you. And that that is one time where you don't want to be alone or at least not with strangers. I will say that was probably one of the most most similar things that happened here in the U.S. when it came to like people in the hospital. Like they would not let anybody go into the hospital, and I think at one time they wouldn't let anybody nope. go into the labor and delivery. Um, and it was only relatively recent. Mm-hmm. I think like not even six or seven months ago they started allowing to have two people back into the rooms. And when I gave birth, and I know when you gave birth, that it was, they allowed four people into the room. You don't, anyone who's about to, you don't want four people in that room. I'll tell you what, you you don't want four people in that room. Two people is more than enough. Um, I will say my sister gave birth to her son during COVID or right before my wedding in 2020. Um, And she was only allowed one person. And I don't even know if he was allowed through the whole thing. I know you you had to be completely masked up and if you weren't masked they will they will kick you out. Oh, well, you still have to be masked. Yeah, you still have to be masked now. You still have to be masked now going into the emergency department. And I'm just like, dude, come on now. It's a lot. Yeah, I have an appointment tomorrow. We always get a mask there because I ran out and I'm not buying anymore. It's There's like, no reason to. It's always it's all there. Yeah. But the the one thing I don't really understand nowadays is that lately everybody in the emergency department is mixed. Like you could be in the waiting room sitting next to someone who has COVID and you don't even know. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it is now. <laughs> you could have the flu, well, they COVID, ask whatever. You, they're like, do you want your flu and COVID shot? And I'm like, no, thank you. And I had one nurse be like, good don't do it <laughs> and I was like thank you everyone else just pushes me and she's like oh yeah we're supposed to push you so don't tell me tell on me but she's like stand your ground if you don't want it don't let them push you around don't do there you it go. But see that's how it is it should you should be it should be your choice just like human rights when it comes to women's bodies and who you who or if you're a democrat republican who cares if you're religious not religious who cares it's your decision it's your choice like you just don't so, have uh, a right to be an ass about it it's it's not what you say it's how you say it to some people you know it's just- yeah so the crazy thing is especially if you're a parent and you're being told this at labor and delivery you would lose your shit too they say oh c-section surgery no big deal i had one and then when you're done we transfer all the babies to the children's hospital and you can just relax while you're here and you'll be able to walk around and everything like um do you think that's going to calm me down? The fact that you're immediately taking my child away from me to a completely different hospital for me to heal here. Um, bitch, I just spent the last eight to nine months taking care of this child just so I could take care of it. And you're being like all nonchalant about it. No, I, of course I'm going to be distraught. Like, I mean, later does she know, like, yes, this was probably a blessing. It is a blessing to get a little bit of a break after you have your baby. But that, and we both know, we've both had kids in the NICU before. 
Oh yeah, it's, it's to tough. have that separation after birth is extremely difficult. Oh, don't even get me started. Like you know, with my son, not not to get incredibly off topic, mm-hmm. but with my son, like I miss his first bath, I miss his first diaper change, I, and, and it mm-hmm. might be you know people don't understand. Oh, w- why should that even matter? But it's it's just the little things because you carried your child for so long, mm-hmm. and then here it's like something happened to where we had to be separated. Like I only got to hold my son for like. 20 minutes before they took him away i only got i think two minutes before they took evie away and then i didn't get to see her again for about 36 hours after that and i it was because i threw a temper tantrum (laughs) rightfully so they weren't mad at me about it but but the, the difference between you and my experience they thought you were under whatever and so they had to and plus you were really sick though yeah they took her away because her Apgar, I think it's called, was low. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was overdosed on the magnesium that they gave me because of my preeclampsia. Um, so her oxygen was low and they mm-hmm. they had to take her away, which, I mean, as soon as they took her away, I pretty much passed out. So I don't even know. <laughs> but you No, know, nothing, nothing was more mind boggling when she got discharged before you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's usually the other way around. Yeah. Like. The the audacity of these people i can't even like i'm getting frustrated just thinking about it but um the point is is that i can sympathize with this mother um and all mothers who went through that um next thing they do is we have some some nurse talking to another nurse talking about how this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and i'm like what is this chaos She's like, to be able to help these people during something like this is a once in a lifetime or to like oh, live there. Like, what did she call herself? She was something about like a hero, like a hero yeah. or something. Like, I'm like, <laughs> okay, if that's how you choose to look at it, good for you. I think you're crazy, but good for you. And then this damn old man, they had to call the police <laughs> to deal with him. And of course, we don't know he has dementia at this point. So we're, I'm, that's why my notes say this damn old man. <laughs> this damn old man. Like, okay. I've been calling him Gramps throughout the thing because he's Gramps. Yeah. He's not Gramps, but he's Gramps. He keeps trying to leave. Like, he keeps getting up, getting dressed, not having his mask on properly, walking around the hospital trying to find different doors. He's like, you can't keep me here. <laughs> and they're like, yes, we can. You're still sick. Go lie down. And then they cut to the complete opposite, a completely appreciative old man. By this time, it's February 16th. They have 50 patients. I think that's like every bed that they have. Mm -hmm. And then we're back to the old man. He's like, just let me die. Well, there was one point though that he was really tearful and he was crying. Yeah, so they like, they finally got just let me die. And then he he got a, a hold of they got a hold of son and son and son was just like, weren't you part of the communist party? Yeah, he's totally like, like, like reverse psychology. He's like, aren't you a communist? And he's like, how dare you question me? Of course I'm a communist. And he's like, well, if you're a communist, the patriot, then act like one. And I was like. <laughs> I see what you're doing there, son. And he's like going off on him. He's like, how dare you question me? And then we see, again, they jump around so much in this. You see food distribution, grooming, people praising Jesus, Mm -hmm. people getting worse, getting better. They're drawing 
cute drawings on their little hazmat suits. There was a time they were drawing cherry blossoms and little caricatures. They're drawing cherry blossoms and little I thought that was really cute, though. Just kind of perk everybody up a little bit. I mean, can you draw some flowers on me? Ooh. And then they up get upgraded to these really cute green suits. They, I don't know if they're different doctors or if they're running out of supplies or what, but they get the green coveralls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I wasn't sure if that meant something different or not. I, I really don't know. Maybe it's just like what they have for their PPE and... You know, I I really, really don't know. Uh, this whole thing was just, it kept going back and forth, like you were saying, between like all the all the people that were in the emergency department. And I just honestly got the gifs that, you know, these people are sick. They're trying to keep them together. And, you know, and I will say the, the one scene that really was just like, like we actually got to see her face was the nurse and you got to see her take everything off take her thing and she just Scrub had down. she just had marks all over her face from all the stuff she had to wear and it <laughs> was like oh i feel you <laughs> it was a moment for sure i feel like how they jump around and it's like never ending was kind of symbolic to show what they were going through of like it was never ending it was one thing after the next. So, I mean, I think they did a good job in the documentary of kind of portraying that through the film in a way. Um, what was interesting was they had release training. I think it was uncle was getting released and they like had a sit down. They had to go over everything. Don't do this. Don't eat that. Don't go here. Don't interact with these people. Don't do the wash your hands, blah, 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 before being released. And then this one guy's son completely refused. Oh, grandpa's son refused to pick him up. He was like, I don't think he's safe yet. They thought that he like, was still sick. Excuse me. The hospital is telling you he's okay to go home. Come pick him the fuck and up. And I don't know <laughs> if you realize, too, they had a series of people, like, if all three of them don't agree that there's, he's safe to go home, then he would have to stay. There was, like, a, I thought, yeah, there was, like, a little panel or something. Like, I don't know if it's just, like, the higher-up doctors, you know, after reviewing the case, if they felt like, if one person said that they aren't ready to go home, then they would have to stay. I forget exactly what part it was, what part it was, but... Um, but it's just because of like the government and how it rolled, like, and with it being a a, a new and I'm I'm hyphenating new virus that was going around, um, and they're still understanding all the stuff, like all the symptoms, and and this is before vaccinations came out, where whatever, and I don't even know if they were able to get vaccinated in China. I don't even know. But uh. Yeah, but I think I think the best part though is when when we get to see the mother and the father at home, and the father was the one who really was calling up, be like, "Hey, like, my uh, I'm the father of number patient ninety eight or whatever the number was." Yeah, beforehand she was like, "I haven't touched my baby," and I'm like, "And we oh. don't even know how long it's been since oh. she gave birth too. It could have been." couple of weeks no it was like a month like she was in a box for a while and whatnot what was really annoying though that truly pissed me off was she's like i hope she's pretty 
And the dad's like, you're not worried about her health or the fact that you haven't seen her or, or the fact that she might not be able to come home. You're worried about if she's pretty. And she's like, yeah, because I know she'll eventually be healthy and she'll eventually come home. But I don't know if she's pretty. And oh, I'm like, bitch. But let's not forget. Are you fucking kidding let's me? Let's not forget. This baby is the baby that's eating good. She, the, the nurses are all. Little penguin is what the they The nurse is saying, this is, this is the ideal baby. The one that eats good, sleeps good. Spoiler alert. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. She's got full had a hair she's so freaking cute she ate so well she slept really well like that is a dream boat baby right there and uh, it just really annoyed me i was totally with the dad on this um what was weird was when they were these people were being discharged they were spraying them like hardcore spraying them but not once did they say what they were spraying them with I assume it's some sort of like Purell. They're like, close your eyes real tight because it'll burn like hell. So it's probably some regular disinfectant, but they're putting it off like this is some like high top nut shit. I don't know. But yeah. And then you have throughout, you see the cleaning unit that comes through to clean stuff. Someone's getting a haircut, doing aerobics. Like you see all, all kinds of different things and worlds happening. Um, <laughs> what was really interesting and completely random was in the outside world did you see it was like statues of people and there was two people smoking it's like a chill out air, sit down area there was like statues I was like that's cool looking and completely irrelevant to everything the food that they got delivered looked so Yum. Oh, that is some pure Chinese food right there, though. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Imagine getting that here. I could tell you, the hospital, it, I don't know if I want to list the hospital, but the one hospital that we both delivered at, their food, primo. The other hospital that I delivered Wilder at, not primo. Yo, the, the hospital I work at, which I believe that's the hospital you're talking their cheeseburgers. I don't even know what type of meat it is, but their cheeseburgers are so dank. Love it. Yeah. The food there was so good. The at the other hospital you have you have Chick-fil-A and you can order food. We like ordered food and got food every day I was there. I even asked Jeremy, I was like, Do you think we should switch hospitals? They have better food. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, their restaurants, though, close at a certain time. So if you're delivering late, man, you can't get your food that you want. Sorry. Mm-mm. Yeah. But um, nonetheless, Grandpa finally gets to go home. Very happy. Everyone's like, yay, Grandpa's going home. I'm sure they're all like, go the fuck home. You know what's really funny? <laughs> We're done with I you. I was thinking about Gramps. Like, I was like, you know, this was probably their entertainment on how he was acting for the past 76 days and how he was just wasn't listening and stuff like that. They're just like, oh, there goes Gramps again. Up, oh, there goes Grandpa again. Oh, that's silly, Grandpa. They're like, you be good. You be good. You stay here. You be good. Uh, so he's like, I don't want to waste any more resources. Thank you, thank you, thank you, blah, blah, blah. And they send him on his way. And then the last thing, one of the last things we see is a nurse or somebody disaffecting items and calling everybody of the, that was deceased items. I wonder and if that was that we have. the badass bitch who's doing that. Probably, because she was so careful and delicate and 
treated everyone's stuff with respect, even if it was just an ID card. And um, she called them, but she's like, I'm sorry your mom died, but we have your stuff, um, <laughs> like, without skipping a beat. And then she's like, I'm so sorry for your But she was just like, so you, need to, you need to take my condolences. Like, she was just like, you need to, like, we tried everything we could have done. In her defense, she made like 50 of these calls, one right after the other. So I don't blame her at all. And then in the end, we're left with the, at the end of the 76 days, they have an air raid sirens to mourn the death of everyone. And I was like, this is why the Americans have a moment of silence. (laughs) Cause that was so annoying. (laughs) Like imagine the babies and just everyone sleeping and then being woken up by every siren and horn in the vicinity that you could think of and there was like people in their cars honking their horns with it it was every it was every horn and siren it was awful so i was like thank god we have a moment of silence here because i would lose my shit if a horn like that goes off here something is wrong you duck and cover (laughs) not take a moment (laughs) silence is how we do that uh, April 8th, I believe. That's after 76 days of lockdown, the lockdown finally ended. And I was like, damn, our lockdown lasted fucking months. Forever. Forever. Uh. <laughs> I, I wish we kind of followed New Zealand's way of things. They, the second they got the case, came into their country, they locked down everything like nobody was allowed to come into the country and nobody was allowed to leave but they got it down to nobody had covid there Mm -hmm. like they managed to get that shit out well i think we were under lockdown for so long because it was a political game it was a political rat race and again the whole mask thing the mask vaccination nobody can get along in our government to like everyone has their own agendas and i very rarely doubt that a majority of the people who run our government have the people's best interests at heart anything more than their own best interests and their own people like come on people like because we couldn't get along and make cohesive smart decisions our economy is now in the shit, which it would have been shit anyway, but it's even more shit than it probably needs to be because of, like, it's so frustrating. There's, I can't even, it's so frustrating. Oh no, I get it. I get it completely, but I'm, I'm happy that now we're finally out of, but I mean, we still have it still in the hospitals where we have to wear our masks and all that. Which I'm okay with because hospitals are gross. They're gross, but Nobody wears their mask half the time. Get out of here with if that. If I worked I in the hospital, my, I would. I'd be like, don't breathe on me when with I'm your my, nasty ass. When I'm, let me tell you, when I'm in my office, I take my mask off because I'm allowed to because nobody really comes in there. But people come, people have to come in, in and out. But when I, so when I do walk around the emergency department, I do keep my mask on because I'm, I'm passing. If you all hear that, that is my dog. I do apologize. But um, <laughs> that is my dog. Hi, Betty. She's saying hello. She's saying hello, and I probably won't be able to edit that out. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, no, I wear my mask whenever I'm walking around in the emergency department. But I'm I'm just ready for the day where there's no mask at all. Well, they're optional. Like when I worked with clients, I wear it mainly because I've always been self-conscious about breathing on clients. <laughs> like because I have to get up close and personal with them. So it makes me feel better. But also 
some clients smell bad and I don't know where you've been. So I'd rather not breathe in your germs. <laughs> well, the other thing too, is that you get to conceal how you really feel. Oh, no yeah. one can see how your, your facial, expressions, facial expressions or you like, like saying fuck or whatever, like them seeing you mouth fuck or whatever. Like they like can't I'm smiling with my shit. eyes, but my mouth is I'm completely a- nervous. Dude, you could be like, you could be saying a full blow of cuss words and nobody will see what you're doing. So I guess it does have its benefits, but yeah, it had its moments for sure. I look forward to seeing, well, I guess not really look forward. I'm intrigued to see the results of psychological effects on not only adults, but it's had a huge effect on our kids and how their social interactions and there's so many like there's a rise in a need for therapists like it's so hard to get an appointment with a therapist right now um there's so many after effects of this that we're going to be dealing with probably until we die learning online which means someone has to be with them to help them because they can't read and not only that (laughs) my daughter had three different teachers throughout the school year at that age consistency is key we learned that in the barney documentary which is next by the way um it's really great just finished it today um one thing that kids of a certain age need is consistency and they did not have that and it was we're still still dealing with that today with her and (laughs) it was just a hot mess like I had to work so I couldn't be at home with her to monitor her so my mom was kind enough to do that with her but she taught her own class so she couldn't be there to do everything with her so Evie didn't complete everything so she fell behind and I didn't realize she fell behind until it was too late and it was mm-hmm. just a sh- complete shit show. And, you know, the schools did the best they could with what they were given. Parents did the best they could with what they were given. But they sh- there should have been a universal consensus of this isn't working. Let's give them the option to redo it this year. Like, let's make a sentiment of that to let them know that this is okay. And Well, especially with your daughter, if obviously she knew, if everyone knew that she was struggling, they should have been like, hey, we're going to keep her back. Are you okay with that? And knowing you, you probably would be like, absolutely. Well, no, my mom was like, hold her back, hold her back, hold her back. But like the stuff was like, well, she's doing well enough. We'll put her in summer school. We don't want to hold her back. We were very, my mom was like, hold her back. And now we're like, okay, maybe we should have, maybe, but she's finally catching up. She's doing so well. Um, well, it's because we finally got her IEP because there were some other issues going on as well. And she's having her interventions and everything. She's, she's getting the help that she needs and she's finally making really great strides and writing so well, even with dyslexia, like she's made such an improvement. I'm we're so proud of her. And I just, I hope that we don't have to live through another one of these, but I feel like it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time, and if it's if it's not during our lifetime, it's definitely going to happen in our children's lifetime. And Euthanize me. Because <laughs> you've, you've seen the Spanish flu, how it decimated everybody, and then, you know, shortly after, we had the so-called COVID that happened, and, you know, I, I'm very grateful that, you know, if this really, truly was something, you know, 
just as they consider it as a pandemic. I'm happy it wasn't as crazy as like the Spanish flu mm-hmm. or the plague or something like that. Where people- <laughs> the only upside to it is I can quote Beetlejuice where he's like, I lived through the Black Plague and had a pretty good time during that. <laughs> <laughs> oh girl this ain't this was no fucking plague this was just- it was our version of a plague it, a plague was a plague because they were nasty as hell and didn't have toilet paper or know about germs or anything uh, this was a modern day funny. plague oh yeah that's right everyone buying all the toilet paper and we had none oh my god <sighs> in the crazy let's not outfits. forget march of march of 2020 let's not forget that time never forget <laughs> All Never right. forget, but <laughs> to wrap it up, uh, this was 76 days. It was on Paramount Plus um, and Peacock. No, it wasn't on Peacock. I got it confused. It, it was, was Paramount Peacock. and something else. <gasps> Amazon Prime. Amazon. That's what, is what it was. On. That's what it was. Because I was just like, I'm not watching this on Amazon Prime. I'm gonna watch this on Paramount. Yeah. I Our that. next documentary is I Love You, You Hate Me which you can find on Peacock, I believe. It it is two episodes, but it's pretty easy watch. And I'm really excited to get into this one. Um, I'm super stoked. I haven't watched it yet, but hearing your tone on how it was. It's crazy, but it's awesome. You know what Barney was? Was my OG. He was my god when I was like three. Like I watched him religiously until... The Lion King came about in my life, and then I switched over to that. But you know, great stories to talk about when there's that some episode great cameos come. in it. You'll love it. It was nostalgic as fuck. Um, so that'll be our next documentary. You can watch with us or don't. We'll go into it. And do you feel vaguely cultured? <laughs> uh, I feel I'm ready to just end this whole COVID conversation. <laughs> Me oh, too. I'm so over it. Could we we had to get the COVID the COVID documentary out of the way now so we don't have to look back on that and maybe in the future they might come out with something a little bit more not depressing because I'm telling you this was really sad and in, in in its own way and I'm just looking forward to seeing Barney. I found <laughs> one about the conspiracy about the vaccines being fake and then it disappeared. And I can't find it anywhere anymore. So I'm like, mm. it's, it's probably because the people who really truly believe about the vaccinations are. No, it's the one percenters like uh, Bill Gates who own everything. He's like, not today, Satan. They just need to go ahead and just legalize marijuana. That cures everything. I feel like. <laughs> it sure did help. I feel like. Wait, did you get COVID? So I finally caught COVID about two years after it first well, it was okay let me rephrase that i really truly thought i caught covid when it initially came out so um, i think my, i caught it before it was named i think we same. all did so I, yeah same i was so sick and then they kept saying it was it was flu b and then luca got really sick and he had flu flu b and then flu a back to back i've never seen and then that usually never happens usually like this year right now flu a is the dominant flu that's going around but and it's usually you don't get both right back to back and, and that's what happened to him and so we were both very 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 sick um but actually being tested and actually saying i did have covid um it was back this february i got so sick it was awful we got it in last november the week after thanksgiving and i was right around six or seven months pregnant because <laughs> my kids are 12 months apart um 
<laughs> and did you lose your taste and smell at all? Uh, yes, and I still haven't fully regained my smell. My smell is completely changed. Like weed, for example, does not smell the same. It smells completely different, which means skunks don't smell the same. They smell completely different. It still smells bad, but it smells completely different. Uh, odors smell different. I, I'm not convinced that I smell everything anymore. I mean, being pregnant, I have a heightened sense of smell, so I can smell stuff. But I don't smell everything the same way that I do. And so I'm not convinced that I taste everything the same either. And but and then spice hits different. Like when we had COVID, we ordered Chick-fil-A and got spicy chicken sandwiches. They hurt. They hurt our mouths. We we're like, what is happening? Um, but and it's like, you know what it's supposed to taste like, but it doesn't taste like that. I think I got lucky uh, when I got COVID. My taste and smell went away, but it was only gone for 24 hours, and then it came back. It was so Jeremy's happy. came back before mine, and I, it slowly came back. And that's why I'm like, I think I just kind of acclimated. I don't think it ever fully came back. Yeah, I feel like it will eventually. I've heard stories that it just year. takes time. It takes time. It's Who been knows? a year. Well, maybe you don't know. Shit back. I don't know <laughs> how I would react to being able to smell stuff now, honestly. Like, cause some stuff I do smell, I'm like, oh, like ugh. when someone's smoking a cigarette, like I used to smoke cigarettes. So I, I know the smell of, you know, when you put out a short cigarette in water and it has that particular smell of like a wet old cigarette, every cigarette smells like that now. And I'm like, ugh. I'm like, it wasn't great before, but now it's like intolerable. Well, if you don't smoke cigarettes anymore, this is the best time to give well, it up. I know, up but it's the people are, you know, that you end up walking into or being around. And I'm like, can you not? Like, especially being pregnant, it's like 10 times worse. So I'm like, Ugh. but I'm like, live your, I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but could you not do that around me, please? Like, it smells horrible. So I tend to just try and walk away if I can. Yeah, but... Anyways, well, that's it for this episode. I hope you guys like it. Um, you can hear us on Spotify. You can hear us on so many different uh, sites. Uh, Spotify, Amazon, Pandora. Uh, Apple Music. Apple Music. Or Apple, Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Anchor. <laughs> so many places you can hear us. So definitely please listen. And I hope you like this episode. See you next time. Later. See you next time. Bye. Bye.